here in the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for pole's position. So the number one pick, by the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Caleb and his group do not want to go to Chicago. Well, I'm a friend of Caleb's. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. So I got a call from the Caleb Williams camp, and they went, whoa, 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 We don't want to be painted as anti-Chicago. We don't want to go to a city that doesn't care. We don't want to go to some Sunbelt place where you tarp off the upper deck. This is a franchise where quarterbacks go to die. Field. Not sure yet. Not sure. M- maybe not working out. Bruh, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? Pole's position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select The Parkins and Spiegel Show. Afternoons on The Score. Wow. And as soon as that intro ends... We can begin Poles' position with some breaking news because Ryan Poles has made some decisions. The Bears have officially released Cody Whitehair and Eddie Jackson. Wow, I had seen the Whitehair. I hadn't seen the Jackson. By the way, breaking news on 670. The score is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Neither move is surprising given the age, the regime they were drafted by, the productivity, the salary cap situation. You know, Eddie Jackson was a top 100 bear for their centennial season. You know, he he peaked. He had that, what, his six-interception season. um, Was a very good player. Incredibly popular. Yeah, terrific draft pick. By the way, um, Eddie Jackson, injury riddled at Alabama, but clearly had been a leader and a producer there when he was healthy. Yeah, the only reason he fell uh, in the draft was because he was coming after after the year where he broke his leg Mm -hmm. at at Alabama. But we've talked to Jalen about it, and there have been plenty of stories that have come out in other places. But Eddie Jackson, a very important piece of leadership. Uh, for especially defensive players and not just defensive backs. He would bring guys over to the house. He would often do uh, host the secondary dinners. He would bring his barber into the house and bring a bunch of Bears players over mm-hmm. uh, to get to get their cut during the week. And, you know, it was his his house was kind of the hang for a lot of defensive players on the team. He was he was everyone always thinks about like quarterbacks getting together with receivers and stuff like that and offensive line dinners. Eddie Jackson uh from how it's been explained his, was kind of the the social linchpin of, of the defense. Yeah, and I thought you know, it's an interesting arc for Eddie Jackson because he wasn't that guy for a while. Jalen Johnson told us in segment um how you know, when Jalen got here, Eddie had just gotten paid and it wasn't like an incredibly warm initial relationship, but their relationship kind of evolved and grew to the point where this past year, Eddie was hosting everybody and Jalen went over uh, a lot. So, you know, Eddie's, Eddie's been through a lot, a late round draft pick who has that incredible production, does get paid a very down year after he got paid. 
and then kind of recommitted and was a, a very solid player for the Bears. And somebody's going to pick him up, and he'll be a starting safety in the NFL next year. He'll be a starting free safety for somebody next year. Probably. I would think so, just on a, on a significantly different contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Cody Whitehair, he made the Pro Bowl. He played 124 games for the Bears. He started 118 of them, didn't miss a game his first four seasons, then played 14 games his fifth season, then played all 17 games uh, in 2021, 12 games in 2022, and uh, appeared in 17, started 11 in 2023. So a very durable player who played center, who played left guard, who moved around, and then basically did whatever they asked of him, Mm -hmm. but... uh, Never really found a home. Never had consistency. Well, it, I, I don't know. I mean, he was a really solid starter at guard. And then they had him try center, and he struggled with the shotgun snaps mightily. But he went he went back to guard um, and, and, and was pretty darn good. And, it, you know, a second-round pick by Pace in 2016. I remember Dick Butkus introduced the pick. So th- that that must have been pretty cool uh, for, for Cody. And then, you know, it's, it's a pretty decent long run. And – I got to say, like, the fact that he took the assignment at center and still tried to do it is is more impressive than the Bears giving him that assignment again when the entire league knew about his snap mistakes, you know? He tried. Cody tried. He just had some kind of weird block with uh, with shotguns especially and, and could could never get over. But that that's the longest-tenured Bear. You know, no, no more, right? But that's that's the guy who's been here – been here the longest, unless it's Patrick Scales. I was going to say, when, when when did Scales come in? Because white, white hair is 2016. Right. I don't remember. Because you know. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie was what? Eddie Jackson was 17? Yeah. I guess I, I guess it is Patrick Scales. 2015 for Scales. There you go. Okay. So, um, but if you, you know, consider them real players. Oh, man. Oh. Did I just say that? I just say oh. that out loud? Wow. How, how about is white is Whitey coat hair still on the Bears? That there's no way to know. I don't. I I don't know. I have Whitey coat hair. <laughs> Max Rustafert. Oh yeah. Whitey okay. coat hair. That those guys. That was the interior of the line for a while, and that no wonder they weren't good because they didn't exist. Whitey coat hair and Max Rustafert side by side. They couldn't block anybody. Danny, you remember that? I do. I do remember. Uh, frees up over thirty million though. In cap space, these were these were no-brainer moves. Uh, you could always follow the money. It was just a question of timing. So even more cap space for Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham Man. T- to attack this offseason. Damn that season when Eddie Jackson just exploded onto the scene with all those picks and 2018. all. Twenty eighteen. My goodness, that was when they yeah they 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 led the league in takeaways. Thirty six uh, takeaways as a team. It was like year. we have Mike Brown again. We have him. Look at this. Oh, my God. There's, like, dreams of, you know, the the, the playmaking safety. For, Club dub. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that that was, man, there was Khalil Mack and Eddie Jackson. Yeah. That was the, you know, there was, there was obviously a lot more, but, like, both having peak of their powers type seasons. Absolutely. Look at us on, on multiple levels. We got guys. Look yeah, at us. But it, but it was... I mean, he he made the top 100 Bears list, man. Basically, off just that season. It's pretty. He's not amazing. a top 100 Bear.
All right, you, you, give me give me your top 100. I can't give you my top 100 right now. <laughs> yeah, who's replacing him? Who slides right into that spot right now? Dusty Dvoracek. <laughs> Caleb. Oh, see? <laughs> it's going to go viral again for all the wrong too, reasons. Too, too soon? <laughs> DJ Moore. DJ Moore would slide in there. He's had one year. Been here yeah. one year. I bought Jalen. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. Jalen. Yeah. Jalen Johnson. That's a good call. Yeah, hey, that's thank good you, Tony. It was right there for us. Yeah, I know. Right, I right, right there for us. Should have knocked that one down. All right, man. Yeah, well, he sets it up so obviously. <laughs> what do we do? But, all right, so there we go. Some procedural moves here to start off Pole's position. But we wanted to just go through this and say, first of all, how many receivers do you think are there, are, are, are in play for Ryan Poles at the ninth pick? Um, it's a really good question because we've seen the big three. We know Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to end up going top five. Yeah, right. I, like, I did not include Harrison Jr. in right. this exercise because we know he won't be there. And, and then we've got Roma Dunze from Washington, six foot three, two fifteen. Malik Neighbors from LSU at six foot two hundred, and if both of those are gone, most people have figured that Poles would pivot at nine and go to a different position. There's one more guy, and maybe two more guys that could stake a claim to possibly being worthy of uh, of uh, of being up there. Although I have a bigger wide receiver philosophical question uh, for you, if if you don't mind. Well, sure. I mean, I'll let me just answer the question that I asked first. Then, like, okay. I I think the 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 group after neighbors and Adunze seems to be led by either Brian Thomas Jr., also of LSU, yeah, or Keon Coleman from Florida State, mm-hmm. and I think it stops there. Yeah, but I don't think that either of them can be top 10 picks. I think Keon Coleman might creep up there. So, okay, I the only reason I – that would be a pretty spectacular jump from a lack of production standpoint. And I know mm-hmm. the reasoning, right? Like he – didn't have great quarterback play at Michigan State. Transferred. Didn't have great quarterback play at Florida State. But he had the worst quarterback play of all the guys we've mentioned so far. Well, yes, yes, ab- absolutely. Uh, the the other two guys went to LSU, and the, you know the other the other guys played with NFL quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, just but fifty catches, six hundred fifty eight yards, seven touchdowns. One year of that type of production. I just. I think he could be a first-round pick. I don't think – I think if Ryan Pohl said Keon Coleman is not that much different than Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze, I'd be just as happy getting him. I think that it would be almost a guarantee that he would trade down from nine in order to get him. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so, especially if he likes uh, a, a couple of others. I'm just – I have found myself, as we've been doing the research, and we, we both did a bunch of research last night on the wideouts – I have I have fallen for Keon Coleman. Did you see his? Because all of these guys have crazy film and crazy highlights. Mm-hmm. Did you see his catch against Syracuse? Absolutely. 
That uh, catch is so ridiculous. Yes, it's it, it's a it, it's a jump. I just tweeted it a little a little while oh, ago did you? It, as to promote the uh, the segment. That oh, we're okay, doing so here. the the, the one handed catch over the middle where the ball's behind him. Yep, it it is an extreme ten out of ten difficulty catch. Dino Babers, the head coach of Syracuse, said after that game, "quote God was showing off when he made him." Unquote. Yeah, he, he's he's six four, a, a freakish athlete with crazy high degree of difficulty, used to play basketball. At, at Sparty, played basketball yep. for, you know, for Tom Izzo. 6'4", 215, like you said, fast, long, and strong. Does need some coaching, um, you know, so, but but my, my goodness. I, that there, is, there wasn't a lot of stuff whew. that I could find on him that showed, hey, let me get open in a short area quickness. It, it, all of his highlights seemed to be like posts, 15 yard ends go routes yeah. you know what i mean he's he's a which is which is it's valuable but not doesn't have the most refined route tree seemingly seemed like it, a lot of it was hey you're six four and fast run deep mm. yeah some of it some of it was but i think he's got more from the stuff that i was reading and and i think he's got more refined skills than brian thomas see brian thomas the other guy at lsu Six four two oh five with wheels like a walking mismatch, but not that strong at the point of contact. Like not nah, he's one of those guys who's tall and you think he'd be a big time guagi guy, and he's not a big time guagi guy. Um, doesn't run great routes, has dropped passes. Like I didn't find a ton of negatives on Keon Coleman. The the one thing that was going around about Keon Coleman was that he didn't win a lot of his fifty fifty balls, but there was some mitigate some mitigating factors. For that that go along with the quarterback not really putting it in the right spot for him and he had a huge percentage of 50 50 balls considering you know where the quarterback had put the ball that was some of the stuff that that I had seen but like yeah I, I really like I like Roma Dunze and Malik neighbors a hell of a lot more than Keon Coleman to okay. be clear so to be so, clear. Let, so so let's let's table because I mean Brian Thomas Jr. had more production right he, he he led the NCAA in touchdown catches last year with 17 similarly was a basketball player, similarly crazy fast, just had the one year of the the big production, but a lot of it is deep balls, also not the most refined tape in terms of a route tree. Right. Roma Dunze and Malik Neighbors, they're both awesome. (laughs) Like, I I don't seem – they're they're a little different. They are different. But they both are awesome. How – what I came away thinking was that Roma Dunze strike struck me as maybe a little bit safer, like like a higher floor. There's no way he's not going to be good in the NFL. I'd be absolutely shocked if he wasn't a number one wide receiver, like as a caliber of player. But Malik Neighbors struck me as a guy who maybe slightly more boomer bust but a, a little bit of a higher ceiling than a Dunze because some of his stuff reminded me anyway of like catching a slant and going 60 yards, catching a wide receiver screen and going 50 yards. Like some of his stuff reminded me of Jamar Chase and Odell Beckham Jr., mm-hmm. like, like, which is like crazy, crazy speed. I see the Odell. I see the Odell comp. Uh, for sure, young Odell. It, it, Neighbors is the most explosive and the fastest wide receiver in the group in terms of like what it looks like on the tape. The the 
the incredible acceleration. He's a, a yak monster, like you're talking about, because of that explosive speed. Um, he doesn't dominate in like physical contested situations as much as you'd like, perhaps. But he's only twenty, though. Yeah, and and, and he thinks like a number one wideout. Apparently, he's he's that he's the give me the ball guy, it, it, and has all of that, which is not obviously a bad thing. I saw that Rick Spielman on the thirty third team said he would have been ahead of all four of the wide receivers that were taken in the first round of last year's draft. He would have had yeah, Malik he, Neighbors ahead. He wa- Malik Neighbors lost the Blitnikoff Award to Marvin Harrison Jr. by one vote and tweeted, remember that, so disrespectful. <laughs> so I love that. Of course man. you do. You know what I mean? Like that, that, that's, that, so I, I think I'm neighbors over a Dunze, but it's very close. Mm. Well, it's, it's, very, it's very, it, and, and it's, it's a little bit of a preference thing and partly because of DJ Moore because of DJ Moore I, I get it I get it ha- the speed kills Spe- like, if you could tell me that you could put a Tyree kill Jamar Chase mm-hmm. type of speedster here they've got in his prime DJ Moore you need eight yards on third and seven he'll run a great route and make a contested catch guy like they yeah. they already have that guy I want the guy who at the 25 yard line can catch a six yard pass and take it to the house I hear you I hear you just like the, some of the stuff that I, that I read from a few different write-ups on Roma Dunze at 6'3 215 like the complete package wide receiver he doesn't have the explosive speed but he's a complete receiver he's big knows the wide receiver tricks, thinks the game well. This is what I really liked. Fights through contact, strong, a little like A.J. Brown, the physicality to win those interactions. There was a stat. He, he models his game after, uh, after Julio. Does he? Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a Julio guy. So he had 28 contested catch opportunities, according to Pro Football Focus. He caught 21 of them. Yeah. It's, it, it's outrageous. That's 75%. Of the contested catch possibilities he came down with because he's strong enough to fight through it. Including 9 of 14 on deep balls. They caught 9 of 14 contested catch deep balls. So I I love them both. Neighbors as an explosive guy next to DJ Moore, I agree, would be perfect stylistically. I suspect both of those guys are going to be gone by 9. Depends. Depends how how good of a class it is, if if, if any of the defensive players... You know, the, the kid from UCLA is an edge rusher that we'll get to. Uh, I mean, if he, if he clears all the medicals as an edge rusher, he can move up there. It depends mm-hmm. if, both, if both tackles go. You know, I mean, do the Titans want a receiver or a tackle? Do the Giants want a receiver or a tackle? Does somebody it, get crazy aggressive and jump up for J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix as right. a fourth is quarterback? Th- is, it, is it three quarterbacks or four right. in, in, in the top eight? Right, exactly. But, I mean, I, I, a few of these teams are going to be faced with Panay Sewell, Jamar Chase-type questions Yeah. Uh, on, the, on these receivers. Can, can I throw you my, my philosophical question here? Yeah, sure. It, it, so, it, it, a lot of people are saying that, the, like, there's never going to be – a bad draft for wide receivers. Like there's just all the colleges are throwing so much. It's so open. There's so many athletes getting funneled towards the position. Yeah. But we're still seeing so many wide receivers going in the top 10 and the top 15. Like, so it's an interesting thing. Cause I find myself thinking that you might be able to find DK Metcalf was a second round pick, you know, yep. like you might be able to find, a Keon Coleman, a Keon Coleman, or 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 Brian Thomas at six four two zero five six four two fifteen, and get him later in the first, or get him in the get him in the second, and not have to use a top ten pick on a wide receiver because there's so many. 
So when the Bears drafted Jaquan Brisker, my argument was they needed a receiver so badly. We talked a lot about George Pickens. Yeah. And four of the next six picks were wide receivers. Do you remember who they were? I know Christian Watson, I believe, was one of them. He was not. He was not. Oh, Sky Moore was one of them. Sky Moore. Sky Moore. Jahan Dotson. Tyquan Thornton. Hmm. Sky Moore, Tyquan Thornton, George Pickens, and I believe Alec Pierce. So, George Pickens, the most talented, it seems, like of the bunch, but has serious character questions. Alec Pierce has been productive. You've heard absolutely nothing from Sky Moore and Tyquan Thornton, though Sky Moore did catch a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. But Alec Pierce, know, a Bears and Cubs fan, by the way. Really? Yeah, there you go. Uh, but need, but so it is. There are more receivers. There are more talented receivers, but. I still think it is a premium position and the premium talents are going to go because what you're seeing is, in my opinion anyway, Seattle already had DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and they used a top 15 pick on Jackson Smith and Jigba. The argument now, it's the old, it's that Troy Aikman clip. Judge, you know, your, your offense is only as good as your third best pass catcher. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that that, your point makes sense, but the Bears, they need a number two receiver. They need a number three receiver. They, 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 they need a lot at the pass-catching skill position group. So I do think it's a premium enough position to, to use on the ninth overall pick. Yeah, the best receiver taken after Jaquan Brisker is probably Romeo Dobbs uh, in the fourth round. And that was in the fourth round. Yeah. So it just becomes more of a dart throw. And Adunze and Neighbors seem spectacular. I got a couple more things for you on Adunze. That, that, I mean, it's – so he had – he pro football focus only graded him with three drops on 140 targets. He played through a, bro- a broken rib and a punctured lung at two different times. And he led the NCAA in receiving yards with over 1,600 he had this is obviously like like with neighbors i gave you the extreme high end of what i saw when i watched like the long 10 minute compilation thing that came together yeah adunze had some Devonte adams in him to me just catches the ball with his hands uses his body to shield people away from him mm-hmm. never drops the ball really good route runner gets open very tough makes contested catches again that's obviously 99th percentile ceiling just like for neighbors, 99th percentile ceiling is yeah. Jamar Chase. But just in terms of type, that's – Adunze and neighbors look awesome. I totally they both, agree. They both look awesome. They both look absolutely awesome, and it, and it would be a dream. Um, I went way deeper just because I got into it, but I'm going to save it. I suspect we'll do another wide receiver dive later on during a polls position when some things have shaken out a little bit more. Um, cause I, I, I got, I got number six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 11. Uh, and, and then I go to 12, 13, 14 for my guys in the draft. So well, I'm good. excited I mean, listen, about it. it, it yes, we it's will. a sexy it, spot. We'll get back to it. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's another pole position. If they pass on them at nine, right. Who's your mid round wide receiver to, you know, if they I'm go ready. with Bowers, who's your mid round wide receiver. So yeah, it's, it's another polls position that you have done the prep work for already that I will need to, uh, as we go forward, Dave Wanstead at four o'clock speaking of college. Oh, I was hit in the feels. Nostalgia set in today, Speaks. Parkinson Spiegel on the score.